Good morning. I gotta catch my breath. Welcome to Greater Alton Church Campfire. If you are a first time guest, this is your first time here, I gotta let you know, this is not normal. This is different. Normally the worship team's up there, we look that direction, I come out from back there, and there's this whole setup, but we're doing something different for the next four weeks. Um, before we get into that, there's a few things I want to bring to your attention. Uh, in the back, which, what's back now? We're all on that side of the building. Uh, there are bulletins, or there were, there's some up there. If you didn't get one, um, there's no notes today or for the next four weeks. I'm really switching things up on you guys. There are uh, passages that I'm going to be looking at in here, but normally we have blanks to fill out and stuff. You guys are going to actually have to take notes if you want to take notes. But in there is a communication card, and uh, there's a space for prayer requests. There's uh, things you can fill out. No one else looks at those besides the prayer team. Uh, if you have prayer requests, that's a great place to put prayer requests down. People do pray over those communication cards. They are a very important part of our service. And far too often, I forget to talk about them. So right off the bat, I wanted to make sure I brought that to our attention. Number two, and again, uh, nobody's in the splash zone right here. I mean, you guys got, I got you guys and you guys, but normally at Campfire Devos, the whole front row is like packed. It's probably going to change next week, I hope. I'll bring, yeah, Drew, I'll bring the watermelon next time. Um, something else I wanted to bring up, Mark and Debbie, yeah. Uh, last weekend, we had a high school campus retreat down at Trout Lodge in Potosi, Missouri, and it was phenomenal. I had, I'm, I'm just talking for me, okay? It could have been horrible for everybody else, but for me, it was so good to get together and to connect and to build some bridges, because it was our annual Building Bridges retreat. Um, just so those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, a few years back, Nate, Nicole, Cassie, and I wanted to do a retreat where it wasn't so awkward to go from the youth ministry to the campus ministry. Because there's like a transition there, right? And uh, we wanted to make it more streamlined, where it felt like just family, right? We're just all big, fat, happy family. I almost said fat. I'm sorry. Big, happy family. And uh, we came up with this Building Bridges idea. Uh, for a while, it was the whole church coming to it, which was really awesome. But this year, we wanted to do something low-key. Uh, maybe next year, we can do the whole church again. It would be fantastic. But it was a great weekend. The lessons were amazing. Uh, the activities were amazing. There was food. Um, we had a great time. Discussions were awesome. I know driving home afterwards, I had a couple guys in the car with me. Had some good discussion about what we talked about, what we learned, where we want to go. We dreamt a little bit. We all came back here early, earlier than we thought we were going to, and we packed Romas. We showed up and we're like, "Hey, we got uh, like 30 people coming." They're like, "Oh, you're the you're the the 40 pe- people," or and then there's a, a 50 people coming, and we're like, "What?" So like, there was two giant church groups at Romas. It was awesome. I bring all this up because I had asked the church to help us and help us get these teens and campus people down to the retreat because it was going to be expensive. And you guys came through. It was awesome. We only had to charge half of what we should have because you guys are fantastic and you love the family of God so much. And I want to thank you for that. I want to let you know. Yeah. I want to let you know how good of a retreat it was. Uh, the kingdom is going to be different because of this retreat. Just putting that out there for you. Um, uh, the singing 
was amazing. Uh, I want to put this out there. I didn't ask for permission. I'm just doing it. It's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Uh, tonight at 7.30, right here, we're going to do it here tonight, we are doing our last campus high school Devo. And I'm going to put this out there. Anybody who wants to come, you are more than welcome to come to our last high school campus Devo for the summer. Uh, we are going to sing some songs, bangers as they are called, and uh, and we're going to worship God. Nate's going to finish out the Devo series tonight with a, a, a Devo, just dreaming for the school year, for whatever's coming up. And uh, we're going to close out our Devo series tonight. And anybody is welcome. Again, we're going to start singing about 7.30 up here in this room. Um, I think that is all my announcements. There are some things coming up. Uh, marriage retreat is coming up. Ruby Riot is next weekend. Next weekend. Uh, so I'm sure there's going to be campus people out there if you want to find out how you can help. Commercials are done. I'm still trying to catch my breath from singing. Dude, I love that last song. I mean, all the songs we sang this morning were fantastic. Uh, but that last one, I can't help but just blast it. Um, I'm Mike Dinius. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the youth minister here at Greater Alton. Um, and uh, this this sermon series is going to be a little bit different than our normal ones, obviously, because we're sitting different, right? There's a, there's a fire in the middle of the dome. Somebody asked, why don't we just build a real fire? Who said we can't? I said, the fire department? <laughs> Asthmatics? You know. Um yeah, uh, so um, this summer, as we've been doing our devos, there was one Sunday night we could have been outside to do our devotional, and we we didn't. <laughs> we were used to being inside at that point. I had a roaring fire going this one Sunday. Um, it was the Sunday we did Among Us in real life as a big game, and then everybody came outside because it was supposed to be dry. And we got the fire going. It was huge. It was awesome. And we started singing. And then, boom! I guess we said, sang, sang, send your rain, Lord, because he did. And we all ran inside. And so we've just been inside worshiping Jesus around our fake fire, which we didn't have wood for the rest of it. It was just a pile of lights on the floor. Um, but devos are important. I don't know how many of you have gone to summer camp and been to the campfire devos. But uh, they're a great way to end the day. They're a fantastic way to end the day. You see, there's something about the atmosphere of a, devo- a campfire devotional. There's the crackling of the fire, which we don't have. You just hear a hum of a fan. Um, there's the, the, the bugs, the cicadas, and the frogs chirping. There's the stars. There's the heat, usually. Um, but there's usually a breeze. Everybody's tired from the activity of the day, but they really want to hear more about Jesus. We sing some great songs. It kind of builds as you go. And you're like sitting there, you're singing these quiet but powerful songs. And it just, there's just something powerful about a, about a campfire devotional. It, so many lives have been changed because of the decisions made campfire side, fireside. And passion has been ignited sitting next to a fire. And so often, that is just relegated to summer camp or retreats or evening things with mostly the youth group in campus. So a lot of you adults miss out on these really good lessons, these really powerful lessons. And I'm just going to put this out there. Devos are my favorite lesson to go to to listen. 
And they're also my favorite lesson, type of lesson to give. They're different than sermons. Sermons, we have points, we sit here, we listen to somebody talk, and, and it's like a logical process of getting, there's like points to make. Devotionals are like, they build and they build and they build and they, and your emotions get tied into it. And, but you're not making an emotional response, you, but your emotions are tied into this logical response. And, and songs are tied into it. You sing a lot at devotionals. And it's just, it's a really powerful moment to just, what's the passage say? say be still and know that I am God. It's a time to just stop and just reflect. And, and I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I can sit campfire just like zoned out like a moth to a flame and just stare at the crackling of the fire and the flame moving around, but I'm still listening and there's just something like it, it clicks in my brain. And so we were talking about the next sermon series after the truth about lies. And I was like, Alan, so much of the church doesn't get to listen to the devos. So why don't we do like a greatest hits of the devos of the summer? And it would be really good because we've done these devos already. Uh, I mean, I have like four or five of them just tucked away already. He's like, good. It sounds like you're doing a sermon series. Dang it. <laughs> okay. So for the next four weeks, we're hitting the greatest hits of the campfire devotionals. And uh, I don't know if you can tell, but I am really excited about this. Like I said, I love devotionals. I love campfire. And we made it ambient in here. Our adult small group came up here on Friday night and covered the windows. It looks kind of creepy from the outside. I get it. But, you know, there's an ambiance in here. Um, today, uh, we're going to talk about igniting your passion. We're just going to talk about passion and what that is. Uh, yesterday, I was getting ready for the sermon. And when I get ready for sermons, I listen to music as I'm working. And uh, you've heard me say I, I'm not a big fan of like, I like Christian music, but it's not like my number one go-to. Like, 99.1 is not my number one go-to station. 95.5 is, like, for a solid year, my radio station is not turned off at 95.5. Some of you are like, what's that? I was like, it's Boost Radio, it's hip-hop and rock, and it's Christian. So it's like, holy cow, this is rap that I don't have to worry about my kids listening to. Love it. So, like, I'm listening to that stuff, like KB and NF and other initials. And, um, and YouTube like suggests stuff. And yesterday YouTube suggested, um, this new song by Elevation Worship. And I'm like, Elevation Worship. Oh, come on. I'm not a big fan of Elevation Worship. And they're like, I just listen to it because YouTube talks to me. And, um, and it's called Might Get Loud. Might Get Loud. That's what I could title this, this sermon. Might Get Loud. Because I might get loud. In fact, there's a good chance I'm going to get loud. I apologize to Jason, who's controlling the soundboard, and Cassie, who's got sound going through the video, and anybody listening, because I'm probably going to get loud. It's going to happen. What is passion? Well, as you can see, I'm passionate. You're like, but that doesn't describe what passion is. Look, watch me. I can't sit still. I only had one cup of coffee this morning, so I promise it's not the coffee. I may have made it strong, but it's not the coffee because I've been buzzing about this lesson for weeks now. Um, My next two are already written. 
So it's like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm going to do all four today. No, you guys don't want to sit here all day. Um, but I, I, if you get me talking, and, and the guys who are closest to me will attest to this, if you get me talking, there are four things I'm going to talk about. You can, I can guarantee you there are four things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about my wife. I'm going to talk about my kids. I'm going to talk about my job. But those aren't the first things I'm going to talk about. If we are sitting around talking, I'm going to tell you what I'm learning. I'm, and I'm going to be excited about it because I love when God shows me something shiny. That's what I call it, shiny. I have ADHLAS. I've told you this before. Attention deaf. Hey, look, a squirrel. And God likes to show me shiny things because when shiny things pop up, I'm focused on it. And I can look at it and I can study it out. And I'm like, whoa, that's really good. Like right now, right now. A whole side note, this is extra. It's not part of the sermon. You're getting something for free. Side note. I'm learning about the word for bronze. You're like, Mike, why are you excited about the word for bronze? Oh, it, it's awesome. It's so awesome. First off, in the Garden of Eden, we have the serpent, right? That's what we call him, the serpent. And uh, there's a whole lot of debate about who he actually is. Is he a fallen angel? Yada, yada. I don't... I'm not getting into that debate, but there's the serpent. And the word they use for the serpent is seraph. That's the word for serpent. That's really cool. Okay, I'm learning that word. But then the, you get to the idea of there's these beings called angels, and there's different classes of them. And one of the classes, we call them seraphim. That's a made-up word because the translators couldn't translate it. They were like, oh, we'll just use seraphim. But did you know that the word that seraphim comes from is seraph? Same as the serpent? Well, you see, there's a lot of imagery found in ancient Israel and in the ancient Middle East of flying snakes. Are you talking about dragons? I kind of am. And it's really cool. And I'm not saying there's dragons in the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm learning all of this, and I don't know where I'm going with it yet. But it's really cool because I'm learning something. So we got the seraph in the, in the garden, and we got these other classes of angels called seraph, seraphim, and that's really cool. But then you get to the story of David and Goliath, which we're going to today, by the way, just so you know. We're going to get to David and Goliath today. And... And in David, the story of David and Goliath, besides Goliath's size, do you know what it focuses on? It focuses on his armor and his weaponry, right? Do you know what his armor and his weaponry is made out of? It's made out of bronze. That's okay. Well, Mike, you're weird. You're right. I am. But it's made out of bronze. And the word for bronze is seraph. So, we have seraph, the fallen angel, the, or serpent, whatever you want to call him, with seraphim who are flying angels, and we have the bronze that Goliath is wearing, which is seraph. Goliath is literally wearing serpent. What? Okay, David's a precursor to Christ. He's like a type and shadow of Christ before Christ happens, and David defeats Goliath and, and cuts his head off, crushes his head, right? But wasn't there something in Genesis where there was a Proto-Evangelion, the first prophecy about Christ coming, that He will come and you will strike His heel, but He will crush your head. And David attacks the serpent, or Goliath, and cuts his head off. And it just shows us, hey, Christ is coming, and He's going to defeat Satan. And the serpent, He's going to win, and He's going to crush his head. But Jesus is going to die in the process, but then He's going to come back to life. Okay, I'm really excited. Who else is really excited right now? Nobody. 
I know I just talked a mile a minute because I'm so excited and passionate about what I am learning. Is anybody else excited and passionate about what they are learning? Thank you. Good morning. That was your whole bonus lesson. And again, I'm still learning all of this. I don't know where that all sits. I don't know how much of that is accurate. I'm still studying all that out. So don't be like, Mike said, don't, because I told you I'm learning and I could be wrong. I reserve the right to be wrong. Um, but I'm enthusiastic, right? I'm a passionate person when it comes to these things. There are three types of people in this room right now. I know I'm boiling that down to simplicity, but there are three types of people in this room right now. Number one, there are the passionate Boom. I think I've made a good case that I am passionate about what I am talking about. Did you know passion or zeal or enthusiasm, which are all synonyms of same idea, all come from a root word? Do you know what that root word is? It's actually two words, if I remember right. It's called entheos. Enthusiasm. Entheos literally means in God or filled with God. Our root word for passion, zeal, enthusiasm is talking about being filled with God. You have a zeal for God. Entheos. 1 Samuel 17, 45-47. I told you we were going there. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with the sword and spear. But this is the Lord's battle. He will give you to us. David is a passionate person. And in this story, he's very young. He's very young. But he's so passionate about his relationship with God. You see, at the beginning of the summer, if you all remember back to the beginning of the summer, we had a bonfire cookout devotional out back uh there was a fire going uh me and bob grilled a bunch of food it was delicious you guys brought food we grilled it was great um and then uh we had we had a a devotional in fact i did the devotional that night um full disclosure alan was supposed to do the devotional that night and 10 minutes before the devotional, he said, hey, I'm not feeling good. Do you think you could do the devotional? And you cannot be the campus minister or the youth minister and not have a Devo in your back pocket because that's you always have to be ready. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And we talked about fire that night. We talked about maintaining fire. And fires have to be fed. Not, I mean, technically, this fire has to be fed. The extension cord's right there. Without that, with, without power... It's boring in here. It's just, we're all staring at each other. I got the power. (laughs) With, With power, this fire continually goes. It's being fed. And the passionate feed their passion. David fed his passion as a small boy. He fed his passion. 
How do you know that? Read Psalms. Read Psalms. Read what he told Saul before this. David fed his passion. The passionate feed their passion. Their fire. Passion's also referred to as fire in Scripture, if you didn't know that. They feed their fire. And, and, and they keep putting fuel on the fire to keep it going. It doesn't just keep going on its own. I know this because David told Saul, when the bear attacked, God gave me the strength to keep the bear off. And so when the lion attacked, I already knew God was with me. I could take care of the lion. This uncircumcised Philistine, that's a baller. Baller put down for Goliath, by the way. This uncircumcised Philistine is no different than the bear or the lion. You see, David did three things to feed his fire. He walked with God daily. He walked with God daily. He fed his fire. He knew the scriptures. He knew God. He talked with God. God said David was a man after his own heart. He walked with God daily. You know what else he did? He trusted God daily. He trusted God daily. Just with the the lion and the bear. Oh my. He trusted God daily. Every day. That's what daily means. Every day. Do you trust God daily? I love what Richard did with communion. He made us think. And 30 seconds felt like an eternity thinking about my struggles and the things that I'm going through right now. But then he made us think about what God has done for us. That was awesome. Do you know what God has done for you? Do you remember the things that God has done for you? If you don't, sit down, write them down. Because that's a good way to build your trust in God. You can trust God daily. You can remember what He's already done, what He's brought you through, and what He's, you can trust that He's gonna bring you through it. There are three types of people. Person in the, person going into a storm, person in the storm, and the person coming out of the storm. There's gonna be storms in your life, but if you trust God, you're gonna get through them. So David walked with God daily. He trusted God daily. And he worshipped God daily. That's how he fed his passion. He walked, he trusted, and he worshipped daily. Can I tell you, it's been awesome lately at work because we are so short-handed, I have had to run a machine. I get to run a brake press again. Now, that doesn't mean I don't get to do all my other responsibilities at the same time. So, you're like, Mike, why is that awesome? You have like triple the responsibility now. What's awesome is, is while I run a brake press, I get to sing. I get to worship. And so, like, if I'm not careful, by the way, I'm going to be loud. If I'm not careful, I'll just be sitting there forming and I'll be, I will rise up, rise up, and bow down and lay my crown at his wounded feet. And then the whole shop will be staring at me like, what are you on? What did you drink at lunch? And I'll be like, Jesus, and that's weird. Can I read you? I want to read you the first verse of that song I was telling you about, Might Get Loud, because it just did. And it starts off, excuse me for a minute, but I got a song to sing. It might not be on key, but it's from my heart. 
No one else can tell it what the Lord has done for me. This might take all day, so I better get started right now. And then the chorus goes, and it might get loud because heaven's coming down. It might get loud because heaven's coming down. The second verse, I don't have a halo. I'm not a perfect man. I'm just glad to be the child, be a child of God. When I think of where I could have been, should have been, would have been, if you hadn't stepped in, I got a praise on the inside that can't be denied, and I got to get it out right now. When the saints start praising, it might get loud. When the chains start breaking, heaven's coming down. When the saints start praising, it might get loud. When the chains start breaking, heaven's coming down. Why can't I praise Him as loud as I want? Why can't I praise Him as loud as I want? And it just keeps going, oh my gosh, y'all got to go home and watch this. Just do it. It's so good. (sighs) Do you know what happened to David's passion when he wasn't entheos daily? When he wasn't walking with God, trusting God, worshiping God daily? You see, he takes his eyes off his calling and he puts it on his comfort. And his passion fades. I need to walk, trust, and worship God daily. Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. It says, write this to the letter, write this letter to the, I'm getting so excited. I can't talk. Hold on. I gotta, okay. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last who was dead, but is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you, but you will suffer for 10 days. Um, You will suffer for 10 days, but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Well, that's weird. Why are you reading that to us, Mike? These people are passionate. These people have a fire in them. Nothing that is going on around them is going to take their eyes off their calling or and put it on their comfort. Nothing in there is, sounds comfortable to me. But it sounds like they're following their calling. It sounds like they have a passion. There's something inside that can't stay inside. It's got to come out. And they're passionate. Is that where you're at? Are you passionate? If you're passionate for God, I am so glad. I thank God for you every day. We need passionate people. Passion is contagious. David rallied all of Israel by cutting off the Goliath's head. And they conquered the Philistines that day. David's passion rallied his mighty men. If you go back and read about them, they did some crazy stuff. I love stories about the mighty men. Uh, Lion of War series. If you want to read some good books, they're fictionalized, but they're based on Israelite tactics and the scripture written by a guy who makes the stories come alive. There's a whole series on David and his mighty men. It's really good. We need passionate people. I need passionate people around me. Helps me feed my fire. Maybe that's not where you're at. Maybe you're in the second group. The passionate... So we had the passionate, and we got the passionate? Question mark? 
You see, in Matthew 23, verses 27, it says this. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. If there were any shots fired in the New Testament, this is it. Jesus isn't just talking about them. He's talking to them. He's talking to the Pharisees. People who are supposed to be on fire for God. People who are supposed to love God. People who are supposed to be leading all of Israel to know God. And he's like, y'all talk a good game and you look a good game, but you're dead on the inside. You see, the passionate are like the seed that fell among the thorns in the parable of the seed. They look, they look like they have a chance. They look like they might have something, but their passion gets choked out by other things. When somebody's talking to you, what are you passionate about? It is okay to be passionate about your favorite sports team. It is okay to be passionate about your family, about your job. It is okay to be passionate about your hobbies. But Jesus said, if you don't hate your mother or father, if you don't hate your brother or sister, do you really even love me? And he's not saying you should hate those people. He's saying your love for me should make it look like you hate them because you should love me so much more than you love them. And if you love me that much, you're going to love them. My passionate for God should dwarf the passions of the other things I have. I love my job. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my dog. I love my wife's car. Um, but it should be obvious that I love God so much more. And I should be more passionate about what I'm learning through Scripture than I am about a 5.7 liter V8 Hemi in a 2017 Dodge Challenger that I got scolded last night because I was going a little fast coming back on 270 right in the construction where it corners really good. And we just talked about how she's like, the tires are going because I'm like, you're driving that too fast. And then I was like, "Ah, ah," and she's like, yeah, I'm driving. I'm like, sorry, it's my fault. It's all me. Shouldn't good thing you weren't with us on the way back from Potosi. Um, But my passion for God should dwarf those. Maybe this is where you're at. The passionate? Where you have a passion? But it's not a passion for God. In uh, Old Testament. Old Testament. In, um, oh, I'm skipping a passage. I'm going to skip a passage, Kara. In Leviticus 10, verses 1 through 2. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire. Different than he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died there before the Lord. I'm not telling you from this passage that if you don't have the right passion for God, this fire is going to magically come alive and consume you. It's not what I'm saying. Um... What I am saying is that if we are offering God a passion other than a passion for Him, we're not giving Him what He wants. 
If I have a passion for comic books, which I do, I'm a nerd. I love comic books. But if my passion for comic books is more than my passion for God, it's misplaced. And I'm in the question mark area. If I have a passion for cars, which I do, but it's not more than God, I'm in the question mark area. If Fill in the blank. If my passion for blank is greater than my passion for God, I'm in the question mark area. The passionate? I have a passion. It's just misplaced. Aaron's sons offered that wrong kind of fire. How often are we offering the wrong kind of fire? You see, all these other passions are a way to put out the fire. They're going to choke it. That's one way to put a fire out is to smother it. Is to throw dirt on it or throw water on it or put so much on it that it goes out. We can overload our passion. If we have all of these passions coming together, it's like, I'm so tired, I can't do anything, I'm stretched beyond my limits, and my fire goes out. That's one of the reasons I was really excited this summer to go on vacation with the Harders and the Gills, to just go to a cabin for five days, go to an amusement park a couple of days, relax, and spend time with all these little kids, and some of you are like, Dude, that does not sound relaxing. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. We got to ride in golf carts and be in two golf cart parades. What? Two? And I may have spent some money on decorations for the golf carts, but it's okay. I've been working overtime. I should be able to spend my money. And we had so much fun. I already started making a new playlist for the parade for next year because it's an awesome time. I want to do it again. But if I just pour and pour and pour onto my fire, I'm going to put my fire out. If I try to combine all these passions into my fire, and it was good to get away, to take some stuff off the plate and let the fire burn, because it did. We, I'm surrounded by men who love Jesus. And I'm surrounded by men who want to share life together and share this passion. Uh, we had been going through a uh, Devo series on version called Man Up. And it got to the end, and we're like, what are we going to do now? And I go, I have something. It's only going to last 10 days, not 30 like the other one. James is next. You're picking. And uh, <laughs> he just found that out. And uh, so we're going through uh, Uncommon Husbands. We're in part two right now. And it's just been so good to see the hearts of these men that are in this group when they, they share what they're struggling with or where they're succeeding. It's so good to have that fire built because I'm surrounded by passionate men. Are you somebody that you could say is passionate and can fill somebody? Or are you somebody who's passionate and isn't filling people with God? I want to tell you today, if this is where you're at, there's hope. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of churches in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who is the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back. To what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as an unexpected thief. And then in the next passage of Revelation, it says, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message 
from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like the lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. We have two churches here. One is almost dead, and the other is like, bleh. It's essentially, that's the best description ever of these churches. One's almost dead, and the other's bleh. But God doesn't say it's over for them. Their passion is going out, but it's not over. And I want to let you know, if your passion is going out, it's not over. At camp this year, uh, each cabin had specific areas to clean. And in our cabin, I took a few boys and we went to the fire ring. And I was also in charge of building the fires every night. And at camp, I like a good roaring fire for the Devo. Some people are like, Mike, it's too hot. It's like 95 degrees. You built like a two-story fire. What are you doing? I don't care because Jesus. It's the answer for everything. And uh, I built a really good fire this one night. And it was it was bright and it was warm it wasn't hot it was bright and it was really good and the next morning me and the boys are over there picking up trash i was like hey be careful with the firing they're like why i go it's still hot it's still lit no i'm like yeah it totally is no i go give me the trash you picked up and i put the trash on the fire and i kind of moved some of the wood a bit and flame shot right up we had a fire going again it had been 12 hours since we were at the firing I don't care if you think you only have the smallest ember left, that your passion is so in the wrong place. God can use you. God wants you to get your passion back. God wants you to be on fire for Him. God wants you to be a force in the kingdom that advances the kingdom. You might be the passionate right now, but God wants you to be the passionate. I hope I'm making sense. this. Am I making sense this morning? Okay. I hope I'm making sense to you this morning. It doesn't matter how little embers you have left. God can kindle that into something huge and great for Him. I told you there was three people here this morning. We've talked about the passionate. We talked about the passionate. There's also the people who have no passion. The not passionate. In, uh, hold on, I keep looking at my notes and forgetting where I'm at. In Revelation chapter 2. But you walked away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you anyway? Do you have any idea how far you've fallen? A Lucifer fall. Turn back. Recover your dear early love. No time to waste, for I'm well on my way to removing your light. From the golden circle. Christians don't lose their passion. Christians don't lose their passion. They abandon it. They walk away from it. That's the other way a fire can go out. Yeah, you can smother it. You can quench it. Which scripture says don't quench the spirit, right? So we could quench it. The other way to let your passion die is just walk away from it. Just walk away from the fire. Just leave it. Just buy fire and it's gone. If you don't feed a fire, it's going to die. If you don't feed your passion, your passion is going to die. These Christians, they didn't just lose their passion. They walked away from it. 
they let their fire die out. David did too. At one point, David let his fire go out. You see, when he was young and passionate for God, he ran to Goliath. When he was old and stopped caring, he walked on his rooftop. Passionate people run to the giants. People without a passion walk around on the rooftops looking at naked women. That was very specific. I know. In the story, if you don't know it, David sees Bathsheba bathing. I want her. He had no passion. He... He left his calling for his comfort. He was called to fight Goliath. He was called to be the king of Israel. He was really comfortable on that rooftop. He was really comfortable bringing Bathsheba to his bed. And scary enough, he seemed to be really comfortable killing her husband. You might be here and you might be like, Mike, I don't even have embers. I have no passion. There's no passion left. I don't even know what you're talking about. I want to let you know, God is not done with you. God is not done with you because God sent Nathan to David. God sent Nathan to David. And Nathan challenged him. Nathan challenged him. He, he told him a story. And David's like, oh, we're going to get that guy. And Nathan said, that guy's you. What have you done? What have you done? You have done this horrible thing. And David repented. There were still consequences to David's actions, but David repented. And you know what he wrote once he repented of the sin? I did not understand that this psalm was written. From what I've studied in the past few weeks, this psalm that I'm about to read you was written right after he repented of this sin with Bathsheba. It's in Psalm 51. You should know it. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. We sing that song, usually around communion. We sing that song. And have you noticed with the, the, with everything I'm talking about where people are like passionate or not passionate, all these passages, passages, they say, go back, go back to what you did. Go back to what you did when you fell in love with me. Go back to what you did when you first heard about me. I've been watching other sermons on the idea of passion. And one of them is uh, by a preacher named Craig Groeschel. A bunch of you guys know him. He's lifechurch.tv. And he talks about, in his sermon on this, how he, when he first became a Christian, he was like, everything's got to be Jesus. And he, go, and he pulls this picture up. Uh, uh, seriously, go look at it. He pulls this picture up. He puts it on the screen. And he goes, I had a watch that had Jesus on it. And he pulls up this watch. And it's like... <laughs> it's it's really bad. It's like this giant watch that just has Jesus' face on the face of the watch. He's like, everything was Jesus. I was so passionate. I'm like, I was I I don't like wearing watches. <laughs> but you know, there was a th- like, oh, think about when you first met Jesus, when you first fell in love with him, when you first got baptized, when you first committed your life to Christ, and you're like Everything is going to be for God. It's going to be for Jesus. It's going to be awesome. And that, that passion you had, is it still there? 
Or has it died out? Is it gone? Have you not fed your fire? You can return to your passion for God. He wants, I feel, I'm not going to tell you God told, spoke to me directly because some of you will look at me weird, but he wants me to tell you, okay? I'm going to put it there. He wants me to tell you that God can resurrect any dead thing. Even your love for Him. You may have gotten so twisted up in other things, relationships, stuff, worries, anxiety. God wants me to tell you He can resurrect any dead thing, even your passion. The power of God, the power of the Spirit, the power that resurrected Christ from the dead is in you as a Christian. It is inside of you as a Christian. And He can bring back from the dead anything, including your passion for Him. How do you do that? Go back to that first point. Oh, Mike, you said there were no points. I said there was no points on your notes. Go back to that first point. What did David do? He trusted God daily. Do you trust God daily? Are you trusting God daily? He walked with God daily. How is your walk with God? I'm going to ask a question. Are you in the same place you were five years ago? Because a walk means you're moving. You're moving. I've been staying over there because the video, but I'm about to go off video. I'm going rogue. Are you moving? Because a walk means you're not staying in the same place. So you trust God daily. And it could start small. It could be like, Mike, um, I'm going to trust God small. I have $5 in my pocket. I'm going to give this to God today. Now, for those of you who are new here, um, we have offering plates in the back. We didn't get you here to get something from you. So when we, when I talk about money and I talk about offering, don't. Don't give. Don't give. Unless you really want to. And I'm not going to stop you because that would be hindering blessing from God. But I don't want you to feel like you have to give something. I'm just, this is just the thing that popped in my head. But I have $5 in my pocket. I've never trusted God with my money before. I'm going to start today. I'm going to put $5 in the plate. That's a small step of trust. There are other things you could do to trust God daily. And that starts your walk. Are you talking and walking with God daily? Are you in His Word daily? I have to be in the Word every day. Or my day is gone. I have to know what God says to me. I have to know what God has written down for me. Because I need it. I need it. So I walk with him daily, I trust him daily, and I worship him daily. Mike, I can't sing. I read that song for a reason. It says I have something to sing. It might not be on key, on key but it's from my heart. Again, you're all welcome to come back here at 7.30 tonight. Uh, it's the, the worship led by, by committee. And me and Cassie, we're ta- Cassie Mitchell, we're talking... That she doesn't quite know the notes to hit when we separate parts. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting you on blast right now. Um, and, and it's great. I, I told her, you know what? It doesn't matter. She's about all the other girls follow it and it's way too high. I'm like, I don't care. It's a joyful noise. Right. Joyful noise. And it is a key. <laughs> I mean, I'm really glad Mark stopped that song earlier. <laughs> Cause, I was, I was all in. I was all in. I was about to send it. And then I was like, oh, the sermon's gonna be short because I ain't gonna have a voice. But he was like, oh, stop. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. 
Woo! That was about to be awkward. It happens to everybody. It's fine. Um, it doesn't have to be like me at my break press trying to keep it down, you know? There's ways you can worship. You could do it in the car. We sing along with songs on the car all the time, right? There's other acts of worship than singing, too. Maybe you help your neighbor out. Maybe there's somebody in the church that needs assistance with something. You help them out. Maybe you low-key pay for somebody to do something. They don't even know it was you. So many of you have done that last weekend. Again, thank you. There are other acts of worship than just singing. So I trust God daily. I walk with God daily. I worship Him daily. Three little steps to get your passion back. Because we need passionate Christians in the kingdom. We need you. Small group leaders, I have a present for you. I have a present for you. For the next four weeks, including today, you don't have to write a lesson. You don't have to come up with anything because every Devo will end with a question. A question you can discuss. You're welcome. Today's question. Where is your passion? Where is your passion? And I encourage you, go to your small groups. Be open and honest where you're at because I am not always passionate. Ask my wife and kids. When I'm here, I'm jazzed. Like, or up there. I'm jazzed. I'm excited because I'm about to share God's word. And that is so cool that I get to do that. It is so awesome I get to share what God wants in your life. And I do that. I I walk with God daily. I trust God daily. I worship God daily. Not because it's my duty, but because I delight in it. Psalms 119.16 says, I delight in your decrees. And God has told me to do this stuff. And I don't do it out of duty. I do it out of delight. And I am excited. But I am not always there. Sometimes I get out of bed. And it takes me a minute. It takes me a hard minute. Sometimes coffee makes me a Christian. I hope you know that's a joke. I hope you feel there was no laugh. There was a chuckle over here. But you're like, what? I'm like, Jesus makes me a Christian. Coffee helps. Um, coffee saves lives, not mine, other people's. You know, that... It takes a minute. It's what I'm saying. I'm not perfect. And I don't ever want to pretend to be perfect. I don't ever want to pretend I have it all together. I don't think anybody who stands there or around this should have it all together. Because I wouldn't trust them. (laughs) But I'm not always passionate. I'm not always like this. Even last night, I had my headphones in. I was listening to stuff. I was going over my notes. And Cassie and Blythe were talking to me. And I'm like, what? Crap, that was the wrong response. I do it out of delight. And I'm not always happy. Go back a few weeks to the truth about lies. I did a sermon called God wants me to be happy. That was a lie. God doesn't want us to be happy. Well, he does, but he wants us to be joyful. And joy is different than than happiness. And joy is tied to delight. I'm joyful in God's decrees. Where is your passion? That is what I want you to talk about in small group. If you don't have a small group to go to, Talk to somebody that invited you. Talk to somebody who brought you here. There are small groups available in this church. 
Uh, I'm technically a part of like two of them. Uh, we have an adult small group that meets on Friday nights, and we have the high school that will meet tonight, high school group that will meet tonight. Um, it's really important to have a group of believers, a group of people to help you feed your passion. Christianity was never meant to be walked alone. It says, do not neglect the meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. This is really important. Small group is really important. Having a core group of people to encourage you is really important. It will feed your fire. So when you go to small group, where is your passion? I don't know where you are right now. You might have a true passion for God. Awesome. Keep doing it. Keep walking with Him. You might be like the Pharisees who have this appearance of passion, but on the inside you're dead. Or you might have other passions that crowd out your passion for God. Or you might not have passion at all. You might be like, Mike, I'm done. I need, I need something. I want to, I want to encourage you. God wants you to be passionate for Him and His kingdom. He wants His kingdom advanced. And if you're not a part of that kingdom, if you're not a Christian, He loves you. And He wants you to be a part of His family. He wants you to have His Spirit living inside of you. He wants you to have eternal life with Him to be a part of His kingdom. He wants to be your king. And if you have no idea what that means, there are people here who are willing to open up Scripture and show you. Because Scripture makes us wise for salvation. And we are willing to open up Scripture and show you what the Word says about salvation and how you can have it. How you can know you are going to be with Him in eternity. And eternity starts now. Eternity starts now. God doesn't want to see anyone lost, but all come to Him and be saved. Again, there's a communication card that if you want to make a decision, you can do it right there in your seat and just put it in the plate. Fold it up, put it in the, one of the baskets. And, and if you make a decision, hey, I want to know more about being a Christian, somebody's going to contact you. Just put down your contact info. Somebody will contact you. Or, or approach somebody here this morning about, hey, how can I know how to be a Christian? I'm really excited for this sermon series. we got three more. Three more, and then we'll go back to normal. I know this is weird and awkward. Everybody's got to get used to it. And then we're going to go back to normal. like, oh, the fire's gone. I hope that the Lord blesses you today. And I hope that we can all become passionate people who advance the kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your Son, for your Word, for your Spirit, for all these things that help us have a fire for you, God. Help us to be lights in dark places. Help us to shine you. Help us to reflect you to the world around us. I want to pray for the people who have no passion or their passions dying. I pray that today they can make a decision to honor you with their lives, to honor you with their thoughts and their, their actions, and that, God, your kingdom can grow today. I pray for the sermon series that it goes the way I think it will. I, I, want, to, I want to honor you with it, Father. Um, I, I pray that we can all become passionate people and that the world sees something different. Help us, Father. Um, help us to be your hands and your feet to a hurting world. There's so much 
misery and strife in this world right now, Father. There's so much uncertainty. And like Richard said this morning, we can focus on you and we can trust you. I pray that we trust you daily, we walk with you daily, and we worship you daily. And I am so glad to be your child, Father. It's in your name I pray. Amen.